Uh, I was doing some research and I came across not um, some statistics. This is just trivial information. But uh, it was interesting that uh, in Australia, uh, people, adults, in, this was 2006, so it's a little while ago, so it's probably different now, even maybe worse. Uh, 10%, 10.8% of their day Australians spend watching television and uh, they spend 0.1 of a percent involved in church or some sort of religious activity. In America, it's a bit worse. 34 hours a week on television and one hour in church. This is on average. And I was thinking about that and I was thinking about television because, you know, on television, what you watch is a lot of bad stuff. You turn the news on and it's just a lot of bad news. And there's not much that really encourages you there, is there? It's pretty frightening, a lot of the stuff that you watch. You watch shows that are on television and they have a pretty negative message. And yet, you know, people spend so much time in that and so little time in something that could bring them a great message, something that will always bring something positive and always bring good news. And so you're in church this morning and so you're going to get the good news message. And that's better than uh, turning on the TV at home and hearing the bad news. And so the good news for you this morning is that you have the advantage. You have the advantage. Now, an advantage puts you in a superior or more favorable position. And as humans, we all want to be that way. We all want to be in a better position. People try all the time to put themselves in a more favorable position. If they're going for a job, they think about, you know, the other people. How could I sort of, what could I bring that will make me more favorable than the, than the other applicants? You know, what will give me the advantage in applying for this position? Or, you know, if people are playing football, they like the home ground advantage, you know, because the, the crowds are there and people are going to cheer them on and, and they know that place, they feel more comfortable, so they get that home ground advantage. You know, I was looking on the internet everywhere. Businesses talk about competitive advantage. How are they going to really be able to put it over, be in a more favourable position than their competitor so that they can win and get more money? It's interesting this week... Um, I was talking to Mark Rozevsky. Where are you, Mark? You were here. Mark and uh, Mark's been supervising our HSC students. It's, he's actually employed by the Board of Studies to do this. Uh, uh, but uh, the St Philip's students from our school, he's been super, a part of the supervising team. And he was telling me about how for three hours, the exam goes for three hours, for three hours he has spent praying for our students. What an advantage for them. I reckon they've got an advantage. The Board of Studies is paying him to do it. That's pretty good. So today we're going to look at the story of David and Goliath. And as I went through this, there was so much that I thought, you know, we'll run too late into the morning if I try and put it all in. So I've broken it into two parts. So you'll have to come back tonight if you want to hear the second part. And both parts are powerful and it's got great word here. God has been speaking this to me and I heard this message um, from Stephen Furtick, Elevation Church in America. And uh, as he spoke this word, and I've been the last two weeks, I've been really, I shared a couple of, probably last year or a while ago about some struggles I've been having and uh, with anxiety and I've had a year that's been very victorious. And uh, the last two weeks has been just like 
this has come against me like just it's I can't even explain and it's come against me and and I have just been listening to this message and God has given me the victory through this he's shown me that I have the advantage because of who he is and so I believe that by sharing this with you this morning that you're going to see you have the advantage if you, if you place yourself in the right position with the right mindset. And so we're going to look at the story of David and Goliath. You know it well, but I want us to look at it again. Can you turn your Bibles to 1 Samuel 17? 1 Samuel 17. I'm going to miss the first part, come back to that tonight. And we're going to start at verse 31. We'll come back to the other part later. Verse 31. Now, I know you know this story, but try and come at it fresh. There's so much in this, and when you read it, there's, wow, so much God can reveal to you from this. 1 Samuel 17, verse 31. Then David's question was reported to King Saul. We'll talk about the question tonight. And the king sent for him. Don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go fight him. Don't be be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy. And he's been a man of war since his youth. So straight away, David is told about his disadvantages. He's only a boy. So he's small in stature compared to Goliath. And he's got no experience. Certainly no war experience, no soldier experience. Verse 34. But David persisted, I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I've done this to both lions and bears and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too. For he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead, he said, and may the Lord be with you. Then Saul gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet and a coat of mail. Now I looked that up because I didn't know what that was. That's a jacket covered with metal rings all over it or plates. It's sort of to be serving as um, armor. David put it on, strapped the sword over it, and took a step or two to see what it was like, for he had never worn such things before. I can't go in these, he protested to Saul. I'm I'm not used to them. So David took them off again. He picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them in his shepherd's bag. Then armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. Now, David did have disadvantages because of his experience and size and age, but he did here have a technical advantage. He had incredible skill at using a sling. He was a projectile warrior, and so here's an advantage he has. Goliath walked out toward David, verse 41, with his shield-bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at this ruddy-faced boy. Am I a dog? He roared at David, that you come at me with a stick. And he cursed David by the names of his gods. Come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and wild animals. Goliath yelled, 
David replied to the Philistine, You come to me with sword, spear and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. Now it's important to note here that David's technique was not his ultimate advantage. Goliath, <coughs> sorry. <coughs> Goliath came at him with sword, spear and javelin. He came at him with these weapons. What did David come with? Yeah, he had a sling and a stone, but he said, I come, I come in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies. Here's his advantage. Not the stone and the sling, but the, the Lord of heaven's armies. He had a spiritual advantage. It was not his technique, but his trust that gave him the advantage. And because of his trust in the Lord God Almighty, the Lord of heaven's armies, he could step into this battle with confidence. Verse 46. This is the confidence of David, not in his skill, but trusting Almighty God. Today the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head, and then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. It's interesting, isn't it? This is probably one of the favourite children's stories that we tell about the cutting off the head and the dead bodies to the birds and the animals. Anyway, perhaps we don't go that far. And uh, everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword, spear and javelin, because this is the Lord's battle and he will give you to us. As Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran out to meet him. Reaching into his shepherd's bag and taking out a stone, he hurled it with his sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in and Goliath stumbled and fell face down to the ground. Now it's clear that David is good with a, with a sling and a stone, but that is not his real advantage. His real advantage was not in the way that he fought. It was why he fought and for whom he was fighting. David said, you come against me. He recognised his resistance. He recognised that the opposition was gigantic. But his confidence was in the fact that he did not stand there fighting by himself or for himself. And today I want to use Goliath as a metaphor for life and the things that come against us. There's time when life comes against you in a range of different ways. And I'm sure all of you sitting this morning will, will know there are things in your life that come against you and you have to battle. David knows that this opposition is coming against him. He's not surprised. He's not intimidated by it. He knows, he says, you come against me with sword, spear and javelin. He recognises there is going to be a fight. And as we face life sometimes, we need to realise that, that it does come against us and there will be a struggle and we will have to fight. And let me tell you, this will happen whether we love God or not. Whether we serve Jesus or not, life will still come against us at times. 
But don't be surprised by it. You know, because if you are, you're going to set yourself up for disappointment because we're going to have to deal with some opposition in our life. David wasn't put off by that fact. He wasn't put off by the fact that he had to fight a giant who was coming at him with sword, spear and javelin. He recognises, he accepted it. You come against me. I'm recognising that fact. So as we face life, we have to accept that at times things will come against us. Finances will come against us at times. Sometimes pain and sickness will come against us. Worry will come against us. Maybe someone at work that you try to avoid eye contact with will come against you. But, you know, if you are too surprised when opposition comes against you, then you're not going to be armed and ready to fight. Maybe that's why Jesus warned us in John chapter 16, verse 33. He says, in this world, you will have trouble. In other words, if you are alive and living in this world, you will, not you might, you will have trouble. Not a great, you're saying, Pam, this is not a very positive message. You told me I was going to hear something positive this morning. Well, keep with me. It is very positive. You will have trouble, but, but, Take heart. I have overcome the world. So, in this season of your life, what is coming against you? Whatever it is, I want to tell you that as a child of God, you have the advantage. As a child of God. And this is true for every believer. Every believer has a God-given advantage. The problem is, very few act on it. Every believer, as you go through life, stuff comes against us. Just as Goliath came against David, every believer has a God-given advantage over spiritual opposition, but sadly, very few act on it. And sometimes we even look at others who are overcoming and we think we look at them and we think, wow, look at, look at what they're doing. They're up against that and look how strong they're being. How can, how can they be so strong and I can't be strong? Well, let me tell you, I'm sure that if they're strong, that they're in this. They've got the same source of strength as you and I have. We all have this. We all have access to this. But do we open it and do we use it and do we declare it over our lives? Because that's how you have the advantage. That's how you're going to overcome. You know, it would blow your mind... It would blow your mind if you could see the advantage you already have. The problem is we just don't always see it. Yesterday we were um, at Alpha, at an Alpha day at our place. And um, this is just a little thing, a little practical thing. But it blew my mind because I saw the advantage that we have when God covers us and protects us. Brad and Ash had been over and we'd, they're getting married on uh, Friday week. So... That's very exciting. And uh, they'd been over, at, you know, doing some marriage preparation with us. And uh, they'd finished and Alpha was going on downstairs. And, and as we're going out the front, Brad said, I think that car is going down the I don't think anyone's in the car. It's, it's going down the hill. And I said, no, no, that's just the person across the road. They're just probably reversing down. He said, no, no, there's no one in it. 
And as we look, there's no one in the car and it's rolling down the hill. Now, you know what happens, gravity, when things roll, they just keep rolling and they actually gather momentum as they roll. Is that right, Graham? Thank you. (laughs) Graham's a physics teacher, so I just had to make sure I hadn't said the wrong thing there. And so, uh, you know, so it's rolling down the hill and, uh, you know, we're, we're there and I mean, what... I mean, Brad is very strong. (laughs) And he did go out, but you know what happened? It was rolling straight towards the church bus. And um, I mean, straight for it. And then suddenly, it stopped. This far from the bus. I mean, just stopped. No one was in it. No one did anything. I know Brad probably could have, but he didn't. (laughs) But this far from, and it just stopped. Who stopped it? Amen. The Lord of heaven's armies. Hallelujah. I believe that. Now we can miss that. We can say, gee, wasn't that lucky? I was lucky the car stopped, didn't hit the bus and didn't damage Sharon's car. That was really good. Mind you, Jared did have the handbrake on, but he didn't know you had to put the car in gear as well. (laughs) He's learnt. But Jared's got the advantage. God is covering him and his his life. And you know, that is phenomenal. That's what God's like. That's just a little tiny thing that we just happen to see. We just happened to see that yesterday and God's showing you, I'll blow your mind. You've got advantage that you know nothing about. You think I can stop a car and stop it before a bus? I can do things that are much greater than that. Do you believe it? Come on, let's believe it. Let's agree with the truth that you have the advantage because you have God in your life because he is the Lord of heaven's armies. It's just how we look at it. I could go out there and say, that's lucky. Or I could go out there and say, thank you, God. I was talking to a person, not from North Lakes, about, um, and, and this father, and he was devastated because he'd lost his job. And I felt so sorry for him. He just felt hopeless. He thought, what's going to happen now? I won't have money to do this. I won't have money to do that. And he was just in a pit of despair. And I've been talking lately. You know, there's been a lot of men in our church who've lost their jobs. Man after man around this church have lost their jobs. They've been leaders of companies. They've been significant people in companies and businesses and they've lost their jobs. And, you know, every one of them, every one that I talk to never says, oh, no, what now? They're saying, what opportunity has God got in this for me? You see, it's how you look at it, whether you see that it's a God opportunity or whether it's just like hopeless because this is the world, what the world has thrown at me. You can see, we can see it's either a terrible obstacle or we can see it's a God opportunity. How are we going to look at it? How are we going to see what's in our life? When David saw Goliath, he could have thought, impossible. I cannot fight this man. This is too big. He's too big. He's going to cut me to shreds. You know, Goliath had been coming against that Israelite army for 40 days, 
40 days, that's over a month, every day at the Israelite army. They were frightened. They were afraid every day they'd come. And you know, those Israelites served the same Lord. The Lord of the heavens armies was their God as well. Any one of them could have stepped up. Any one of them could have had the, every one of them had the advantage. And any one of them could have stepped up and fought Goliath and won. If they realized, if they opened their eyes to see their God-given advantage. But it was David who said, you come against me with sword, spear and javelin. But I come against you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies. And so he was, he knew, he knew, hallelujah, that's right. You see, it wasn't that David had the greatest ability in the group. He didn't. He had the greatest awareness of his advantage. Not the greatest ability, but the greatest awareness of his advantage. He didn't have a greater advantage. He just had a greater awareness. And you don't need a greater advantage to face what life is throwing at you. What you need is a greater awareness of the advantage that God has given you in the life you're already living. Think about it. If you're a believer, you have the same spirit as Brian Houston. Look what he's done. You have the same spirit as Billy Graham. I'm not saying it means you're going to be a preacher or lead a church. What I'm saying, the scripture says that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is at work in you who believe. And that's some sort of advantage, isn't it? The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is at work in you who believe. And you know what? If you think about this, Jesus went up before death and he walked out of the ring And death lays down and dies. Now you've got that advantage. If you have Christ in your life. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is at work in you who believe. And sometimes you need to remind yourself and you need to remind the enemy, I've got the advantage. I have the same spirit in me that defeated death and raised Christ from the dead. I've got the advantage. You're not going to put this over me. I've used this illustration before, but I think it's helpful. It's helpful for us to see about the advantage we have when the giants come into our life. You know, when David was facing Goliath, he wasn't thinking to himself, he's too big to kill. He was thinking, he's too big to miss. And when these things come into your life, they're not too big. They're too big to miss with the advantage that you have through Christ. David and the whole Israelite army saw the same thing. And all but David saw it as an incredible obstacle. But David saw it as an opportunity. An opportunity that could show the power of the living God at work. And when these things come into our life, what it does, it gives us an opportunity to show how God can work in the most difficult of circumstances. I mean, if nothing comes against you, how are you going to overcome? So that's why Jesus said it will come against you, but 
I have overcome the world and that is our advantage. It's how we view what comes against us that's really important. So how do you increase your awareness of your advantage? I want you to think of this phrase. Maybe if you're taking notes, write it down. Here it is. Act on what you believe, not on what you feel. Act on what you believe, not on what you feel. For instance, you're in a situation where you have to be bold. However, you're feeling anything but bold. You feel scared and timid. But to increase your advantage, you have to act on what you believe. And if God's called you to do something, he says to to you in the scriptures, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So you act on that truth. You act on that. Not on the fact that you feel afraid and what would happen if. Act on the truth that God says you can do all things through him. He will give you the strength to do it. Do you think that David felt bold when he was facing Goliath? Do you think he felt unafraid? Look, I was reading Psalm 22. I don't think he, I think he felt really scared. Look, look at Psalm 22, just a few verses. He's talking there. But I am a worm and not a man. I am scorned and despised by all. Everyone who sees me mocks me. He goes on, do not stay so far from me for trouble is near. My enemies surround me like a herd of bulls. Fierce bulls of Bashan have hemmed me in like roaring lions attacking their prey. I think he felt afraid. And I think that while he was loading, getting the stones and putting the stone in the sling, I think that his hands would have been shaking and his palms would have been sweating. But he stood in the confidence that he fought in the name of the Lord God Almighty, the Lord of heaven's armies. And he, he acted on what he believed, not on what he was feeling. And so God is saying to us that I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. Through the night, these last weeks, I've just keep saying, do not be afraid for I am with you. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. I've said that over and over again. I'm acting on what I believe, not what I feel. Did I feel it? No. But that's the truth. He does hold us up with his victorious right hand. We are more than conquerors through him who loves us. That's why we have the advantage. Bluff the enemy. Speak in faith. Act what you believe, not what you feel, and eventually you will come to see your advantage and realize it's been there all along. It's called walking by faith. Remember, as we come to this conclusion, remember, trust, not technique, gave David his advantage. Remember why you are fighting and who you are fighting for. The Lord Almighty, the Lord of heaven's armies. His power has trampled death and grave. And we have life in his name. The name that holds weight above them all. And in his name, no other name. In the name of Jesus, we have the advantage. You might not have the greatest ability but you can have the greatest awareness of your advantage. And when you do, you will be victorious every time. When you're aware of the advantage you have in Christ, then your perception will change. You will not see the impossible obstacle. You will see the incredible opportunity that God is giving you. 
And you do that by holding on to the truth of his word. That's the only way that you're going to be aware of your advantage, which will enable you to act on what you believe and not what you feel. Remind yourself, remind the devil, remind our enemy, I've got the advantage. I have the same spirit in me that defeated death and raised Christ from the dead. He has overcome, so I will overcome. I've got the advantage.